Welcome back into the Shots Aside podcast. We are just concluding our NBA Finals. Congratulations to the 2021-2022 NBA Finals champions, the Golden State Warriors. (laughs) We're popping champagne here at the headquarters. But uh, we're at Rungi International right now. (laughs) Steph's the Finals MVP. Things are getting wild. Shout out to Golden State. Their entire organization um, starts with, you know, up top, Bob Myers, um, Joe Lacob, Joe Lacob, the owner, um, Steve Kerr coaching, that entire coaching staff. They had Mark Jackson, too, as assistant, right? No, he was the coach before. Was the coach before. But, I mean... Just this yeah, entire Mark, Mark Jackson's the announcer. The now. announcer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, just everything that this Warriors team had to go through to get back up to the scratch and crawl back up to the top is absolutely incredible. I mean, having to deal with Clay's injury, you know, coming back from that, having to deal with Draymond going through his ups and downs in the finals, um, his injury history. Getting back GP2, Gary Payton II, um, having him come back, impact the finals. Um, and then Steph, MV- MVP Steph, just playing out of his mind. Best finals he's ever played, in my opinion. And uh, absolutely stealing this one. Not stealing it from this from the Boston Celtics, but absolutely going out and winning it. Just taking it from him. Literally, there's a... This is Thanks, probably the best I've ever seen Curry play it, like, in general. Cheers, boys. The only thing that would go better with this champagne would be, uh, <laughs> would be a good old-fashioned uh, stogie. A little cigar to go go with the entire uh, finals finals group Dude, that they have. Sarah, it's just so, so many great stories for the, the Warriors. Steph finally getting his fi- first finals MVP. Wiggy World coming back from a Tim World franchise that can't make it to anywhere in the playoffs to win in a championship. Clay coming back from his injuries. Gary Payton coming back from the G League, just like working his way up. Man, there's so many stories for them. Wow, like I, I, I am just absolutely shook, and I am so, so amazed at what the the Warriors accomplished this year and granted the fact this is the the very first um it's the new trophy of the Larry O'Brien and it's right it's crazy that the Warriors are the first to win this keep keep in mind that Steph's the first conference finals MVP as well so if you if you thought he was lacking in trophies and hardware he's not (laughs) yeah I don't I mean he if I'm Steph, I don't give two shits about the fucking conference championship. I mean, trophy. Cool. That's that's fine. But the one that matters the most is his first finals MVP. Which, I mean, if you guys watch the game, just seeing the emotion come out of Steph Curry. Just him crying on the court and just pouring out his emotion after this hard-fought series. Just shows like how much this finals win means to him but damn what what 
what a game like it, it may, may not have been the closest game but damn it was a fun game to watch just seeing Steph, clay wiggins pool draymond all put it all together like playing championship basketball you can see Steph pointing at one two three four rings <laughs> four rings matching lebron and you already know where this legacy is going yeah i mean greatest shooter of all time I mean, I could, we could talk up Steph all day long. We could talk up this Warriors team all day long. I really want to just we take will talk him up. I I really just want to take this time and just focus on Wiggins right now because, I mean, we're born and raised in Minnesota. You know, we got we've went through the Wiggins train. We've we've went through its ups and downs. You know, and then him being traded, getting to a winning organization, and then showing and showcasing his talent. I mean, I haven't seen better defense out of Wiggins ever. Um, and like, if you were to ask me, you know, after the all-star break, you know, why, why the hell was Wiggins an all-star, let alone an all-star starter? I mean, this series cemented why he is an all-star. I mean, he, he shut down Tatum. Tatum had what? 13 points, 13 points, 13 points. I said last podcast he took a dookie on the middle of the floor (laughs) he did i said last podcast tatum's got to put up at least 30 to 40 points didn't get anywhere close to that i mean absolutely shut down tatum this entire series people forget alex had celtics in six i did but no i own that also never i own that that. i said warriors in seven i was a bit pessimistic i was you were wrong too you guys were both wrong too about the celtics but Hey, Warriors and six, I'll take it. Hey, you guys all know I I stated this from the start, maybe not from the get go, but from the start of the finals, I said Golden State and six. I am true to my word, and if you guys know the outcome, Warriors and six, baby. Also, I'm calling it now. This is the start of, of a three peat here. The Warriors have so much young talent; it's unbelievable. No, yeah, yeah, you got you got Kuminga, you got Moody, you got they got Poole. babies on the bench that are just waiting to blossom. We didn't, and, we, and then, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even get to see Wiseman play, and it's it's going to be so exciting to see the Warriors play next year. They're going to be on top of the league, and it's going to be hard to beat them. I say the, the the Warriors are just – this is just the beginning of something new. Like, they, this might not be the same Warriors team that won it back in the, when they were beating LeBron in those finals, but I think this is a, a new coming of how, how they've progressed over the years and that – the dynasty is still continuing. It, if you if you win four titles in eight years, it's still considered a dynasty, in my opinion. Yeah, no, solid team. I three peat is. I mean, hey, I think hey, you're just you're feeling the wave right now. You're feeling the Golden State wave. Yeah, At three P right now, you're time. you can't be looking Clay's at first year back. You don't think you can't be, be looking that far. He, I just don't know. Two way God. Three peat is a, I mean, three peat is that's that's extending this a little bit too far, I believe. I don't know. I'm not saying they but, for sure will. I'm just saying that like it's in the cards. They're definitely a contender next year and for the year after that. Yeah. And it, then things might get dicey. I, I I understand that Draymond's already looking like he should have a Walker and a Kane at times. Couple years, couple years left. But, but tonight, Draymond showed why he why he was. Triple double threat instead of a triple single threat before this. He was, Did he have ten points? He had, he had ten points. Ten I points, think, like thirteen rebounds or something, eight assists. 
Yeah. Solid I mean, game from Draymond. Draymond came, defense. so his defense, his energy that he always brings, definitely brought it this game. Um, I think I think after game three is when you saw a different side of Draymond. You know, game four, game five, six. I mean, that's where things really changed is when Draymond brought that intensity, that energy, and then you mix yeah. that in with the screens he sets for Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole, getting them open. It, it seemed like they just had so many more wide-open looks these last three games. It really did. I mean, they're, honestly, they're, their defense is just elite, the Warriors. I think that a lot of time their offense is so good that people forget that they have an elite defense. And a lot of that stems from Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins, surprisingly. And Looney, honestly. Yeah, people forget about Looney. Like He'll just randomly just get a huge swat or <laughs> – just a random steal by like being in the right place at the right time. And even in these last two games, Clay's defense looked un- unreal. It looked like old Clay in these last two games, in my opinion. Yeah, we truly are gushing a little bit over this finals. Uh, I think I can speak for all of us. We're really, I'm really proud of all of us, the work that we've put into this podcast, let alone just the amount of work we put in all season long. Um, it's just been one of, it's been a fun, you know, season to just, be able to watch and and just take a front row to witness all of the new talent that we have in the NBA. Um, and then we get to cap it off with a finals that, you know, we can all remember for years to come. But with that being said, uh, guys, let's, let's really get into like the breakdown of this game six. No, I mean, the Warriors played a, a fantastic series, especially a fantastic game today. But you, you got to give it up to the Celtics. I mean, they, they made the Warriors work, and um, it's it's sad to say, but um, Al Horford it was playing his, 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 his lights out. I mean, gosh, I mean, he was he was the one spark that the Boston Celtics had today. I mean, I mean, if there's one, if there, I mean, obviously you have Jalen Brown, and and you you'd hope to have Jason Tatum play the way he's supposed to play, but he he looked like a ghost out there. I mean, in the words of uh, Sam Darnold, I'm seeing ghosts out there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with a lot of that. I think uh, the Celtics. Yeah, let's, fo- let's said- focus on the Celtics right now. Let's talk about it. Well, that's what, yeah. That's they had a great there. season. The Celtics had a great season and even a great playoffs too. Like, I think the Celtics are a contender for years to come. I just think that that they're it seemed like they were lacking one a healthy Robert Williams and two uh one more bench piece that could like spark them like the way that Jordan Poole can spark the Warriors off the bench. I don't think that's Derek White. I think Derek White's a great defender, but I don't think he's the consistent scorer that the Celtics need off the bench. He can't um, run the offense either. He can't run the offense. Um, yeah, that's a and Peyton Pritchard. I mean, I love the guy, but he sometimes he's a little small and he looks like barbecue chicken out there to some of those guys on <laughs> offense. Um, yeah, I just think that the set, the set, I mean, they had a great year. Like Tatum didn't play bad just because he was playing bad. He played bad because they played excellent defense on him all series long. Right. Um, and they kind of wanted to say, like, let Jalen Brown and let Marcus Smart beat us. And clearly they couldn't do that. So they tried their best. But I mean, yeah you need your best players to step up in the finals and one team had their best player step up and do that. Mm-hmm. The other team fell short and I, that's what the outcome ended up 
you know, telling us at the end. But um, just piggybacking off of what you kind of said, um, you know, Boston really had a tough time handling the ball. Um, I think they're really lacking a point guard. You know, Smart's a great, great defender, won defensive play of the year this year, um, can handle most guards on, you know, just bringing the ball up. But I think they really lacked playmaking as a team because when you're having Jalen Brown drive it into the middle, turn it over six times. I know we talked about how good of a game he had, 34 points, played well shooting. I just don't like it when he drives into the paint and then fumbles the ball. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like every time he drives in, one of either Draymond Green or Kayvon Looney, Andrew Wiggins is coming in and stripping the ball from him. He's losing the ball. Yeah. And it happens with Smart. It happens with Tatum. It happens with the only one that I honestly, the only two players that I can't fault in this last, the sixth game is Al Horford and Robert Williams. They're two centers. Mm-hmm. I think both of those players played really well. Horford stepped up. He had nine straight points coming out of the third. Um, Robert Williams has stepped it up. I mean, he had, what, five blocks today? Five blocks, and I mean, arguably six. If it, He got some pesky fouls called on him a couple times. But, I mean... Just the, the the rim protection of Robert Williams is unreal, honestly. Like, and even I think one of the blocks was on the perimeter on Jordan Poole too. He sent that shit packing, but um, he definitely like you could tell that Warriors players were thinking every time they're coming down the lane, like, is this man gonna <laughs> stuff my my shot? Like he had a great block on uh, Wiggins in the first half that you th- it, normally Wiggins would get that off, but not on Robert Williams. Um, but yeah, like, like Alex said, I think uh, a, a nice ball handler, like even, I mean, Smart's a good ball handler, but I think they could even like use somebody like, I don't know, maybe uh, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Would have been nice to have him maybe, but uh, I know I know uh, they had had their issues with each other, but um, even if it's not Kyrie, I think they they could definitely use like a secondary ball handler, maybe like somebody like. Uh, Tyus Jones in free agency or something, uh, or s- ha- some, I don't know specifics, but I, th- I think he's an unrestricted free agent this year, but like s- somebody that could definitely like handle the load a little bit more so off the bench. Um, I think Derek White's a good defender, but I just don't think, I don't know. He just leaves a lot to be desired in my opinion, but he was definitely a nice pickup though for them. No, I mean, w- when the Celtics have five points off the bench, in a, a closeout game, that that's that's not going to get you the win any time. I mean, five points to the to the Warriors' uh, twenty-one bench points, that's that's absurd. Like, I mean, no, you're not going to win the game. You're not you're not going to win the game. Like, I've I've talked about it on the last three podcasts. I've said whichever team does better off the bench, which get whichever team gets more production off the bench, is probably going to have the better chance of winning the, winning the game. And we've seen in three straight games, Boston's bench has been non-existent. You're not getting anything from Derek White. You're not getting anything from Grant Williams. You're not getting anything from Peyton Pritchard. And besides those three, who else are you bringing off the bench for Boston? You're not bringing off Naismith. You're not bringing off, you know, 
anyone else. So it's it's frustrating for Boston because you have this good starting lineup that can give you great defense, which they've shown all year. Number one in defense, efficiency, uh, holding teams to you know the least amount of points throughout the regular season and in the playoffs. Um, going through, you know, Miami Heat, going through the defending champions of last year, the Milwaukee Bucks, went through Brooklyn Nets in four games. Um, I know I'm really digging on Boston right now. But I, I mean, they do de- deserve a little bit of credit for the season they had. And exactly. But uh, I want to talk just a little bit about. Um, I know nothing's came out yet, but it definitely showed in these last three games. It, it looks like Robert Williams isn't completely healthy. Uh, he gave everything he could and I loved everything that I saw out of him. Um, you had Jason Tatum, who's been dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, I don't know the severity on what he's going through, but it, it seemed like Wiggins shut him down on every drive. You know, he wasn't looking to get to the hoop. He was settling for a lot of three-point shots, which, you know, worked out, you know, even if it worked out 50% of the time, which is really good for a lot of three-point shooters. It, not that, not just good, it's great. But in the finals, you have to be able to take the rim. You got to be able to finish. He wasn't finishing. Um, and then you had Smart, who was dealing with, you know, the James Harden injury, you know, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, I don't know how much that played into it too. You know, you saw him, especially in this game, guys, I don't know about you guys, but it seemed like, you know, Marcus Smart was trying to, I don't want to say the F word flopping, but. (laughs) Oh no, no, he was. Right. It seemed like, it seemed like Marcus was trying to draw some fouls, which I know you guys were, you know, a little bit furious in the first half because you were like, damn, like, is Adam Silver calling Boston right now and be like, hey, we'll we'll call some follows for you guys, you know? <laughs> I mean, it it did seem a little ridiculous that he got, what, two straight calls where he, he back-to-back calls where he had a call on Steph where he kind of flopped on a little push where he got the ball, and then the next play after that set a screen and Clay Thompson ran into him and he got another foul call. So I, th- I thought it was a little bit bogus, but I do think it's due to a little bit of injury, you know, weariness going through the hard fought playoffs. No, I mean, Boston, they, they really turned their season around like, um, middle of the season. Like you're not, you're not thinking the Celtics are going to be in the championship competing for an NBA championship. Like it's, it's, you wouldn't have thought that in the middle of the season, but I mean, what the Warriors had, I mean, yeah, you can have you can have the best starters in the league, but it, I mean, at the end of the day, your bench is gonna carry you to the championship. Like you, your starters are gonna get you to the championship. Your bench is gonna help you finish the job. And um, if you're the Celtics and you have Grant Williams, uh, the Pillsbury uh, Doughboy is not gonna bring you to the championship. <laughs> Am I right, Matt? Yeah, I mean. I- I, th- I think it really did come down to the benches. Um, just going off the the prior point that Alex was making about Smart, like uh, Smart's a great defender, and I, I feel like sometimes he, he does get too much into a, like a, a flopping game where it ends up biting him because like 
you could also argue that some of those fouls on him weren't necessarily fouls. Like I think he picked up three fouls like um, in the first half. Like, but part of that is like when you flop, then they flop, they have to get that foul call right. too, you know? So um, that can end up biting you, especially. And when somebody's so valuable, like smart to like the team, like, you know, that, that sometimes hurts them more than helps them. Um, I think he's too good of a defender to flop as much as he does sometimes, but I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's a defense player of the year for, for a reason. He's a good defender. Um, but I think, you know, going, going back to the benches now, I, I think uh, it, it really did like impact them. Like uh, the Celtics have a, have a great starting five. Like I, if you're in the finals, you obviously have a great starting five, but exactly. it, it yeah. comes down to like at, at that point in the year, it's, the two best uh, or best of each conference going at each other. And it comes down to the benches and the Warriors just had a, at a better bench. Um, they even, they started Otto Porter again and I don't think he played a ton of minutes, but he, he had a um, 13 minutes. Yeah. But, um, two or so three. Then you, so then like it deep. sets up mismatches. Cause then you take uh, Looney off the bench when Robert Williams goes to the bench and then it causes some problems out there. Um, and right. he sets monster screens out there too. Uh, yeah and like and that's that's the thing about the celtics that is really good is that like the like adam said the celtics have a great small ball lineup um that can compete with a team like the warriors like not a lot of teams can even compete with the warriors because they don't that's why like the mvp Jokic. like i understand like people were injured for them but like they were struggling because like I mean, when you got guys that are running around and you're seven foot, like, I mean, it's tough to chase them around the court, especially like somebody like Steph Curry. Um, I just thought about this right now, but if you look at the Warriors' path and their quest to this finals, this fourth finals that they've gotten, so who did they start off with? They started out with Denver, a young Denver. team, right? Yeah. They won that. Really, pretty. I think. I think Jokic pretty at this point is pretty seasoned, but they're pretty. Young. How old is Jokic yeah. though? Jokic is only twenty-eight, isn't he? Um, Maybe. yeah, but you had everybody around him who's pretty young. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm. They're not. Not like, an experienced playoff I team. I wouldn't compare them to like. Jokic is twenty-seven. Yeah, so. no, I wouldn't compare them to a team like Memphis though, or something right. like a young team like that. So then, second round, they played and Memphis. That was, yeah, that was young, young team. team. Third round, they play Dallas, another young team. And yeah. then in the finals, they play a young Boston Celtics team. Oh, so yeah. throughout this entire playoffs, they had the upper hand, which was, you know, they had playoff, you know, consistency with winning, knowing how to win in these situations. And I don't think they ever got tested in the way where they were really thrown you could say they were tested when they were down two to one in the finals. You could say that for sure. But I don't think they were ever worried that they were going to lose any series that they were in. You know, they always had the confidence that, you know, we've been here before. We've done this before. You know, we feel confident in our team. We have so much confidence in our team that, you know, whatever team that we've, we're playing against doesn't have the same, you know, unique uniqueness the same compatibility that our team does because we've been through this before you know they have different pieces they have some younger players that they you know have brought in some different players but their core pieces their core main guys 
have been there, you know, since day one. Uh, no, you're spot on there, Alex. I mean, um, yeah, you could have you could have the youngest, greatest talent in the world, but um, if you're gonna win an NBA championship, you need experience. You need experience to win that championship. That's gonna get you over that hump. That's gonna get you over that, you know, that diversity of of winning that NBA championship. Um, I mean, again, like Celtics, great young team, and they're gonna be a great young team to go on and on and on like for years to come. And the Warriors, yeah, like they're they're a little they're getting older, but they have way way more experience than than anybody else out there. I mean, you you, you look at any other team out there, no other team has the experience that the Warriors have, and that's that's why they won this year is they they have they have the players, they have the experience, they have the coaching, they they have more than most teams have out there, and they have that as a whole and. I mean that that's why they they came out victorious this year and um they're not done yet. I mean, they're not done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean I think it, even uh you know apart from just like having like young players on their roster, I think it, you know a big thing like about it is like besides like I mean I can't say exactly how many years Mike Malone's been a coach, but I, he's probably the most season that they've played. I think uh, Memphis coach. I want to say around like six years. Yeah, Me- Memphis coaches his second year. It's Jason Kidd's first year Taylor at Jenkins. Dallas. He had a rough stint with Milwaukee, um, and then it's Yudoka's first year. So I think right. I think having a seasoned coach like that, like in in Kerr, who's now won his nine his titles, title is fourth as a coach. Um, Someone who's been there, I think multiple that, times. That honestly could be like the biggest difference maker in it is that he made the appropriate adjustments to make sure that they were in the best position possible to win the series. And I, you know, even like going back to like last game, like Steph struggled last game. And I think uh, Kerr made the adjustments this game to get Steph going a little bit more because he knew that they would have to have him this game. And that's key. Like having a coach that has gone through, you know, the ups and downs of a playoff series, like, no other coach besides maybe Greg Popovich. And I mean, you have to, yeah, you have Phil Jackson. You have to go even later, you know, in the NBA history to even find out different coaches that have gone through the same stuff Steve Kerr has. So just the coaches that he's had to go through or he's competing against, I mean, they haven't gone through the same situations he's got. So when they throw a certain, you know, set or, or play against him, and it works once or twice, he's not going to let you keep going through that. He's going to call something else to match that because he's already known what he can do to throw something against you to throw you off. And if he sees you going on a run, he's calling a timeout right away. He's not pulling a Chris Finch. He's not going to let you just keep going on and, and run up the score. No, he's calling a timeout right then and there. He's stopping the play. He's getting his guys together. He's calling them into the huddle. He's setting up a good defensive plan, and he's setting up some plays to get your offense going. Oh no, I mean, that, and that's where that's where experience comes into play. I mean, Steve Curry, he's played with the greatest. I mean, arguably, I mean, the greatest, the greatest of all time in Michael Jordan. Like he's played with him. He's won five championships with Michael Jordan. Five with Michael Jordan. Yeah, five. And and just. Just, I mean, saying that like 
he's won four without him. So he, I mean, Steve Kerr knows how to win a championship. He knows how to win games, and he knows how to put together a team, and he knows how to to mesh a team together to, I mean, obviously, go for the same goal and win a championship. And I mean, obviously, it helps when you have Steph Curry, you have Clay Thompson, you have Draymond Green, and you have great young talent and and Jordan Poole. I mean, and then obviously, in years to come, you have you have uh, Kuminga, you have Moody, Wiseman, and and that's what makes the Warriors even scarier for for the years to come. I mean, we have no clue what they're capable of for for those years. I mean, the GM yeah, of Bob the Warriors, Myers Bob My- Bob Myers, has has done a terrific job. I mean, I I don't know one GM that has done a better job. I mean, what? Yeah, and honestly, like just, I think uh, like there are so many like things going around like in the years that they were struggling too of like you know like panicking and like selling some of these young players for like players that could help them win now. And I think it it was p- pretty nice that they stayed the course and just trusted that. Like they could still win even with these young players, because um, I think some teams would panic and they'd package somebody like Wiseman and like all those picks for like a player that wins now, like a win now type of player. Where now they're set up for now and the future. That's the difference between a smart team, a team that an organization that knows what they're doing, and an organization that doesn't know what they're doing. An organization organization that you know, folds under the pressure, an organization that feels the pressure of their fans that, you know, they have to do something right now to change it. And sometimes that change doesn't go the way you think it will. Well, one could say this is kind of like the difference between panicking and selling Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, D'Angelo Russell, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, a boatload of picks, a boatload of pick swaps just to win one championship now, whereas... The Warriors are thinking now and long term is that they're not depleted of all their assets. They have tons of assets that they could do something with. And this isn't even a knock about the about the Lakers. Like, I mean, they won a championship. Like that's all. That's what the main goal is. But like, they are depleted of assets for the future. And I think sometimes that can co- go back to bite you because like yep. after Kobe was gone, we saw what happened to them. But um, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I. I... I don't want to be that guy to put an asterisk by the Lakers championship, but it, it definitely let's not it, it talk, let's not talk about asterisk. that. I mean, it's not when, an asterisk. You can put you, an asterisk next next to every single championship if you if you really want to. We're not doing asterisks, okay? We're talking what? about you're right, we're you're talking right. about the Warriors. We're talking about what they've been able to do. But I mean, is the thing like we don't need to? I don't want to bring up the Lakers in this podcast. Lakers shouldn't even be on this podcast. All right, Alex, don't I get, get about hurt now. All right, all right. But besides the fact, I mean. It's it's a it's a crazy thing what the Warriors have done. I mean, like, obviously they they picked up they picked up D'Angelo Russell, um, and they knew that he wasn't gonna be on the team long term, and they traded for Andrew Wiggins, who honestly, um, in most people's eyes was a long shot. Like they had no, I mean, they knew the potential, they didn't know what he could become, but in this finals. He showed every every. We were talking about him as like a bust in Minnesota. Exactly, and he showed every single person in the NBA what he's capable of and what he can bring to a team. And and this year he brought he brought the Warriors a championship. It wasn't it wasn't just Clay Thompson. It wasn't just Steph Curry. It wasn't just Draymond Green. 
uh, honestly, if 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 I'm gonna be honest here, like Wiggins, like, he was he was the catalyst here. Like he brought this team together. Like if it wasn't for Wiggins, I don't I don't know if we're 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 speaking of uh, the Warriors being the champions this year. He did a fantastic job. Like he did what the Warriors needed. I absolutely agree. I think uh, you know, for some of some of uh the season, I thought that like it was you know Wiggins was just a result of being with like Clay and Steph and Draymond, and I mean that was obviously part of it. Like obviously playing with great players can help you. That's how but, it looks on the outside. Yeah, but I I think like th- this Celtics series really like like put me on focus on his like that was the best defense I've ever seen him play in his life. That was, that was incredible, and I think uh if he can play like that in like big time moments, like I think you know he's I, at this point he's absolutely not a bust just because like he helped them win a championship, but like he's a champion. You can't take that away. But I think for the future, like, I mean, he, he looked better than he's ever looked. In yeah. My- and I hate when they compare him to Harrison Barnes, like he's their Harrison Barnes replacement. No, he played way better than Harrison Barnes has ever played defensively way better. Offensively. You could say, yeah, they're about the same. You can maybe say Harrison Barnes is even better at offense. Go ahead. But Harrison Barnes is not shutting down Jason Tatum. He is not clamping up Jalen Brown. He is not playing the defense that Andrew Wiggins is playing. But right now, guys, I want to get into um, just some of the stats that I've been looking through. Honestly, if you look at this game on paper, it looks like a dead even matchup. It looks a lot closer than if you watch the game. So going through field goal percentage, Boston won in field goal percentage, 42.5%. To Golden State's forty-one point three percent. Golden State shot two percent better from three, forty-one point three to Boston's thirty-nine point three. Rebounds were pretty much a dead lock. I mean, forty-four for Golden State, forty-one for Boston. Not a big differential. Assists were exactly the same at twenty-seven apiece. The big differential that I've been saying this entire series long has been turnovers. Obviously. Me and Matt and Adam have been talking about this all series long. And I hate to bring it up one more time, but I'm going to do it again. If Boston has more than 18 turnovers, they're not winning the game. Guys, guess how many turnovers they had. Uh, I know exactly how many turnovers they had. Um, And it's an astounding amount. Uh, When you have 22 turnovers. 23. 23, 23, 23 don't expect to win a game especially in the finals like especially when you're playing against the the, the warriors like 23 turnovers in a finals game that's insane like golden state had 17 which is a lot too but 23 turnovers i mean mix in you had 19 threes from golden state to boston's 11 and a lot of those threes came on transition after turnovers so, I mean, it's just, yeah, they de- so Boston definitely had 23 turnovers. It's just, I hate to see it. You know, your two best players in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for five turnovers apiece, 10 turnovers. This is why I really wanted to hammer the point why, you know, as much as I love Boston's team, as much as I picked them to win, you know, 
they they're a young team and they need a veteran point guard you know a healthy Kyle Lowry wouldn't be bad something like that to just get that offense going Kyle Lowry got that booty right now and, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, no, no no yeah Kyle, I love Kyle Lowry too it's just no, no, a, like in, it was not, not in the best shape not Kyle Lowry this year I'm saying Kyle Lowry of Toronto days I'm saying somebody who can get the offense going you know yeah you can't have because when you have your two best players turning the ball over in the paint, not finishing, it's not because they're not giving you enough effort. It's because mm-hmm. they don't have a good point guard to set up the offense, set up the flow. And that's what really cost them. I mean, first half was a complete dud. I mean, Golden State took the crowd out of it, out of it completely. Even in the third, they were completely dead. And then I'd say like, what, with seven minutes left in the third, Finally, you know, Marcus Smart and even, you know, Horford. Horford was getting the ball moving. He was Mm -hmm. taking some shots, getting them some easy looks. And then you saw the crowd get going. And then you saw Boston cut the deficit. And then you saw them get to nine point, you know, a nine point lead for Golden State. You know, that's when, you know, you get the crowd going and then you can get that momentum. And then you can start to push it. They never had a consistent force on that guard unit that could bring the ball up, set the offense, and get this team going. You know, that's what really got them in a lot of trouble in this series is the turnovers. And that is exactly why they lost this this, this series. And, you know, I if I'm Boston, I look forward to free agency where even, you know, free agency, maybe the draft, maybe they go after somebody like Kennedy Chandler, or, you know, tight, tight. I mean, tight, tight <laughs> Washington, but I don't know if I'd go, I don't yeah. know if I'd trust a young guard, especially if they have hopes of going back to the finals, but get a veteran guard, get somebody who can get your offense going, somebody that Ime Udoka trusts. That is key, and that will help out your two stars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like, the Celtics are a better team than the Timberwolves are all around, but I think uh, you could kind of see some like the same issues with the Celtics um, in that like, like Pat Beverly is a great player and same with Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is um, probably like a plus version of Pat Beverly at this point, just because he's, he's younger. Um, but I think like it's the same type of thing. Whereas like, He's not like a, your true point guard that gets like the offense going as much as like, you know, like some other guys in the league are, um, especially somebody like Steph Curry. Um, I think like that's kind of what they're missing. Like, is really like they, like there's points in the game where like you need to slow the ball down because like otherwise they are going to kill you in transition if you keep throwing up bad shots and like leaving somebody like Jordan Poole or Clay or Curry for a transition three that just puts daggers in, in your uh, game plan. Um, so that's definitely like what they need to look for in the off season is somebody that can like slow things down a little bit in crucial times and like make sure they're getting a good shot. Um, and then also like something that like really hurt them this game, like ended up being closer than you would think or than it was earlier in the game. Like, was the offensive rebounds. They were killing the Celtics on offensive rebounds in the first half. I think it was like they had nine in the first half. I'm I'm if I'm yep, yep, yep. thinking right. Um but just like especially against a team like the Warriors, like 
great shooters. If I do, I swear, if they get second looks, it's going down like most of the time, especially when it's like an open look off like a long rebound. Like those are just killer, and they're backbreakers too because you play a long possession of defense and then get a offensive rebound. And how many times did we see that this game? It was 15 times, but like. I mean, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but I swear after every offensive rebound, they scored almost. like, And it was a three, too, just a backbreaker three. Like, those are what put you in a 20-0 hole, and, like, those are tough to cr- crawl out of. Like, no matter, like they played good in the third quarter, but a 20-0 hole against the – or a 20-point hole against the Warriors, tough to crawl out of. It really is. I mean, and, and- – and the way the way that this league is going, especially when when we see that the the Warriors winning this championship, um, uh, the the league is not is not pointing towards isolation ball. It's it, I mean, I you you see the Celtics. You I mean, Jason Tatum like he's a great player, but he's an isolation player. He works off the isolation. He's going to take you one on one, and the Warriors shut that down hundred percent. And it it worked. It worked when. When um, Kevin Durant was on the Warriors, they won two championships. They, I mean, they, it worked with them, but that that's because they had a great team. Um, but that's a great point, Adam. I mean, just showing the difference between a complete team and a team that wants to work ISO ball. But I just want to prove. Go ahead, Matt. Just going off that point, like that. That is actually an excellent point. Like, because we could see the difference this year that like. Durant's isolation ball did not work when he didn't have right. that team around him. And I think, like, similar to, like, Tatum, like, I mean, obviously he doesn't have, like, he's got good players around him. But I think, like, at a certain point, like, the, the Warriors move the ball are just incredible. Like, it, it's probably one of the best, like, I've ever seen. And it can work easily in the Eastern Conference because the East is known for their defense. The East is known for keeping games really close, low scoring. And that's where your defense really pays off. But I want to just really hammer in a point that we kind of pointed out earlier in the bench scoring, just the bench units, the difference between these two bench units. So for Golden State, their two best plus minus players in this game came off their bench in Gary Payton and Jordan Poole, who were at uh, Gary Payton was at plus 18. And Jordan Poole was at plus 11. I guess Draymond was at plus 16. But besides Draymond, they were top three in, uh, in plus minus. Um, they combined for 21 points for their bench compared to Boston's bench, which five points combined for Boston's bench. Let me just go through the, the plus minus for Boston's bench. Grant Williams, a minus 18. Derek White, a minus 26, and Peyton Pritchard, a minus 20. Those three were the worst for Boston Celtics. So that's why you saw a lot of of Boston counting on their starters. You know, I I really feel for Ime Udoko because he... (laughs) Yeah, Matt was just pointing something out to me. I mean, Peyton Pritchard played eight minutes and had a minus 20 plus minus. Um, you, <laughs> I'm getting back to the point, but Jesus, I, like your backup point guard cannot give you minus 20 in eight minutes. 
eight minutes. That's ridiculous. I mean that. I mean that's what the the Celtics struggled on. I mean they they desperately need a backup point guard. I mean honestly they they just need a point guard because I mean you can't rely. Obviously we we've touched on this before. You can't rely on Marcus Smart to run the offense. It, it's just. It's not in his, in his DNA. And even it's then, not who he is in this player. even then, Marcus Smart had the best plus minus at plus seven for Boston. Well, I mean, that's that's solely due to his uh, his defensive play. Like, I mean, exactly. he's the defensive player of the year for a reason. Nine assists, though, too, which was big time from him. But still, it's just the ball movement on this team. And then, you know, Jalen Brown played again back-to-back 44-minute games out of him. Put up his best game of the finals with 34 points. Uh, Complete game. You know, usually he has those good starting first quarters. He started off good in the first quarter again. It kind of relayed to the second half, which I wanted Jason Tatum to pick it up in the second half. It just never happened. Two points for Jason Tatum in in the second half. And and if you're asking me um, for your best player, and if you're asking me, best player on the Boston Celtics right now, it's not Jason Tatum, it's Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, I mean, he played way better than Jay. He played better than Jason Tatum this whole series. He did. He played more consistent, and he he car- he tr- he tried to carry this team. J- Jason Tatum, he just didn't. He didn't. He never found his rhythm through this whole series um and Golden State they they obviously knew they knew how to shut him down and they they let J, they let Jalen Brown do his thing and they knew that it the plan would work and that all go that's all credit to um to coach Kerr and the whole coaching staff i mean they coached the hell out of this series um they ne- they never they never were scared they never were worried about going down a game or not they they stuck to their plan and and obviously they they won i mean they knew how to they knew how to control the series all right guys i want to get into some of our takeaways of the series uh maybe some memes that you guys are going to remember from this series um i'll start off right now but i'll start off with game six though uh i think there was like Four minutes left in the game. Steph kind of, I don't know. I think Marcus Smart kind of went down on an inbounds pass. and I, Maybe a flop. I don't know. But He was fishing. Yeah, Steph got open. Horford tried to chase him. Went past him. Did a little up fake. Steph got the three off, made it. And he's running down the court with his hands in the, like, like he's putting the Celtics, Celtics to sleep. Like this sleeping motion, like it's yeah. time to go to bed. That's what I'm gonna remember from this series from Steph. I think I thought that was a a funny moment that he had. Yeah, I thought that was great. Did the same thing to the league MVP, put him to sleep. Uh, I, you know, I I think uh, there's a lot of great moments in this series. I think uh, one of uh, one of them that like I really appreciated was. Uh, like as soon as that uh, Wiggins uh, checked out of the game, Iggy was the first person to him to congratulate him and just like, I think he Iggy played a big mentor part in Wiggins, uh, like shining moment of like coming up. Um, I just think that that was a great moment to see as like a Minnesota sports fan, 
Um, so that's something I'll remember from the series. In the words of Clay Thompson, holy cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Steph just lighting this series up, Wiggins Wiggins stole the show. I mean, Wiggins was probably second running in the MVP voting. I mean, wow, like, yeah, exactly, like holy holy cannoli, like wow, like Wiggins just tore the tore the series up. He was a difference maker. He really was, and and the way that he would just bring the energy with his rebounding and his dunking and his defense, it 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 really just destroyed the whole Celtics demeanor. Like the the way that he played was was phenomenal. Yeah, it really was. Uh, and uh, he had that nice dunk in Game Five where he blew past Derek White. <laughs> and then that. Oh, funny enough though like it, he he bricked a three at the end here they got the offensive board and then kicked it to a wide open wiggins back again in the corner the two for one special yeah we Drilled saw that the second time and that's a that was kind of a microcosm of the game it's just these long rebounds kicked to points um but uh, another moment that like i think will definitely i'll definitely remember because I think it was a, a huge momentum shifter in game five was Jordan Poole's bank shot bank three. Shot three. I mean, Assist it, from Wiggins, too. It was an absolute pool party. I, I was <laughs> I was loving it. I, I was getting my goggles out, my water wings. I was I was ready for the pool the party. The floaties, too. Yeah, we were ready for the pool party. Hey, let me tell you this. Wiggins deserves to get paid. Pay that man. He does. I, I honestly hope that we... I heard a quote from uh, Winhurst on his podcast, um, and he was like, "He's like, if this is the best moment out of Wiggins' career, um, I'm paraphr- paraphrasing, obviously. Um, he's like, I'll be, I'll be content with it. Like, if this is the best he is, and he get, he doesn't show anything else out of his career, I'm fine with it, and." <laughs> something about that just bugged me because I hate when I don't, I, I shouldn't say hate. I, I don't like it when media members or players say, you know, just because this player hasn't shown this in the past and now is showing it that this is the best that they're ever going to be and that they're never going to be able to either duplicate it or improve or get better. I hope we see this out of Wiggins going forward. I hope that, he can build out this, you know, I think that the growth that he's shown not only in this finals, but all along in this playoffs, I mean, he's been guarding top for top, the best players, you know, Luca, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I mean, he's been, he's been guarding a lot of great players and showing why he should have been or should be an all-star. No, I mean, and, and obviously, I know, I know, a lot of people have been um, disproving him of of being an all star starter, but he is a hundred thousand percent proved it this finals. And and if there's any other um, Minnesota fans, I know, I know you're sad that he's not on the T Wolves right now, but but wow, like like if you're a Minnesota fan, you you really wish that he was still on the T Wolves because. If he could play like this on the T Wolves, 
the the T Wolves would be a whole different team, and and it's crazy to think about what 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 could have been on the on the Wolves because I I know the Wolves are an upcoming team uh, as as far as I like to think. You know, yeah. we'll reminisce on the Wolves, but this is about the Wars. This is about the Celtics. I do want to touch base a little bit about the Celtics and their finals run and some of their highlights. You know, I one of the moments I think of is what was it? Game five when, you know, they were losing at halftime, um, down by twelve, I believe. And then they went on that thirteen oh run in the third quarter. I thought that was one of the best stretches that they've had as a as a group. Um you know, just locking down on defense, playing that number one defense that we've all seen. And then also hitting threes, getting a couple threes from Tatum, getting a three from Smart and Horford. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't let, you know, have it last into the fourth quarter and, and steal that one Golden State. But that was one of the moments that I took away. Um, another moment that I took away from the Celtics was... Honestly, just them being up by up two to one, and just uh, the amount of confidence that I saw in their pref- press conference or uh, press conferences with Ime and and Tatum and Brown, and them just showing kind of their maturity of you know their backs are always against the wall. They've they've had this all you know playoff long where. You know, they can't win too straight or, you know, there was a time where they didn't go the entire playoffs losing back-to-back games until this finals. I mean, they lost three straight. That was, I mean, before they lost these last three, they hadn't lost back-to-back games all playoff long. So, Credit to their coaching staff, you know, their players, uh, their family, the people that helped them come together. Because I remember there were times there were, yeah, there were times throughout this year, especially before all-star break where we were like, this is, this is it for Boston. Like they need to change it up. They need to trade Jalen Brown. They need to trade Marcus Smart. They need to you know, get better at certain positions. They need to restart. They got a young player in Jason Tatum. They need to build around him. And all Boston did was just weather that storm, take that in, take all those chips on their shoulders and add that to this playoff run. And now nobody, nobody's going to tell them that, hey, you should trade Jalen Brown. You should trade Marcus Smart. No, they deserve to be on this team. And they showed in the Eastern Conference, that they were the best team this year. They overthrew the defending champs in the Milwaukee Bucks, granted without Chris Middleton, but against Giannis and Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mention Grayson yeah. Allen. Yeah, and even though Tatum struggled in the finals, which um, obviously like isn't, isn't ideal, but like yeah. You got to keep in mind, too, that, like, he also had a 46-point game in Milwaukee in a pivotal game six. Um, I also had some huge games in the Miami Heat series. I think, uh, you know, I, this 
there's definitely a just it's just more of a bump in Tatum's road. I th- I still think he's a phenomenal player. Um, like he, I believe he's only 25 or 26. I don't know, 24. Wow, 24. Jesus Christ. No. And like, if you think about it, like somebody even like LeBron, I don't think won his first title until he's 27. And not saying Tatum's LeBron, but I'm just saying like. Yeah, like young players don't always win like in their first couple of years in the league and like they'll even lose the finals first before they start winning like some great players have so i mean uh, unless you're kobe with Shaq. <laughs> yeah like that, and even kobe lost one finals to the or two finals actually but um you know it just happens like just sometimes just the better team wins and that's what it really came down to i i don't think any any less of tatum that he maybe he was injured too or yeah, honestly, just had a great game plan for him, in my opinion, was what the real reason was. 100% agree. And and another thing I want to touch base on is, what do, what do you guys think about the the Boston fan base? I don't know about you guys, but th- they have to be the most disrespectful and rude <laughs> fan base there is. All right, if there's any Boston fans out there, I don't know what you guys are thinking, but... Y- if you guys have been watching this series throughout the whole thing, it it it's honestly been honestly almost like a dis- a disgrace to the organization. Oh boy, it really so, has. This is where I totally disagree with Adam. I think Boston is one of the most passionate fan bases. I think they've they've gone through a lot. Um, Boston is is if I could describe Boston fans, it'd be the most passionate fans. They bring a lot to the NBA and through thick and thin through good and bad. I mean, they're always there for the Boston Celtics. I mean, I I can't agree with you on that, Adam. I just, hey, I really hey, can't. Let me say something. I let really say can't. Something. I, you know, I, I think uh, there's a certain point where it crosses the line, but at the same time, like, man, I'm all for chirping players. Like <laughs> in my opinion, like, I'm not saying like, like say anything about or like keep it to like their fa- like saying anything like weird about their families or something like that. No, but, yeah, that that's the thing. Like, chirp the players, don't like, chirp the family. Don't yeah, chirp the family. I I definitely agree with that. I I think I don't think they ever did chirp the family. No, I'm not sure if they did or not. I'm I'm just I'm just saying in general. Like, I love when fans chirp players. Just like as long as it's about the game. Like, I like it, the Draymond chant. If it's something like the F Draymond chant, yeah. I love it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's something about the families, I'm not for it. But uh, you know, I I love it. Basketball that like is intense. Like that. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for all year long. I'm not looking for rest days and stuff like that in the regular season. I'm, I'm looking not gonna, for intense play. I'm gonna beg on basketball. on the on the Minnesota fans. You know what we go after? We go after after the refs. We don't even go after the players. <laughs> so credit the Boston fans for actually going after the players. And exactly. backing their players instead of going after the refs and making it the refs. Yeah, I'm all for going for the refs. You'll never, you'll <laughs> never see me side with the refs. Oh uh, yeah, and you want to talk about the refs? Um, the the Boston fans <laughs> don't want to. They they were disrespecting the whole. The, they were disrespecting the refs. They were disrespecting the Warriors. Adam's coming at Boston fans I, right now. Hey, okay, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm not a Boston fan. I, I, you can come <laughs> at me all you want. But I'm not sorry, a Bill Simmons. Fan. Yeah, yeah. No, come at me. I, I I can take the heat. But um great podcast, guys. Um 
Matt, Matt, you want to well, say one well, more thing? One last thing here to wrap it up. What, what, what are your guys' predictions for uh, the Warriors and Celtics in the next year? Uh, I'll start by saying I think the the Warriors are. I would, personally, I'd say they go. They'll go back to back. It, their their biggest competition, I'd say, in the West that would prevent them would be the Clippers, a healthy Clippers team. Um, okay, all right, then, but. That, okay. That's just my take, and then I think the Celtics, the East is tough. I don't. I think the, they'll obviously make the playoffs, and I think they could do well, but I don't see them getting back there. That's just my opinion. What's your guys? Okay. All right. All right. Um. Uh. Matt, I think you're you're uh, disrespecting one big, huge fan base, and specifically my team, the Suns. I know they're going through some shit right now, but. The Suns are the team, and when you have Devin Booker and Chris Paul on your team, the Suns Dow, are the team. Alex, Alex, the Suns I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear it from you, Alex. All right. The what do the Suns do? Don't I don't want to hear about it. All right, I don't want to hear about I lo- it. I love Chris Paul. Aiton quit on the team, and I, I want Devin I, Booker. I want Aiton out of Phoenix, and I want another star to actually win. No, 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 no. I want I want another star. Are you saying trade Aiden for like a top three pick this year? I don't I don't I don't know who it's gonna be, but I know that the Suns will make the right decision and the Warriors are gonna have some problems with the Suns in the coming years. Mark my words, all right. Devin Booker is you coming for the first, championship. Guys. Devin Booker is coming for the championship. He's not going to go out one and done. He's going to win a championship. So on record, you got the Suns winning next year, the finals. Hey, that's my baby right there. That's my baby. Hey, the Suns, Suns and six against the whole East. I don't even care. Who do you have in the East then, coming out of the East? The East, um, I I think I think the Nets are looking good. Um, if the Nets, if the Nets can um build a great team, if they can um get Kyrie Irving on the same page as the team if they can get Ben Simmons back to his all-star level of play. I think the Nets uh, will be a great contender to the Suns okay, and just, Warriors. Just to lock it in, I'm doing Warriors next year in in six over the Philadelphia Sixers. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Um... Yeah, um, as much as I am a LeBron fan, as much as I would love to see LeBron uh, make it back to the finals, um, with the roster they have right now, it's not going to work. Second team, Timberwolves, not at that point yet. Um, Maybe in the future. Uh, I think coming out of the West, if we're saying every team is healthy, and can make it to the end of the year healthy, which is never a guarantee. We see that every single year. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Adam did mention. Uh, so Christian Wood just get got traded to Dallas from the Rockets. Uh, for pretty much scrap metal. <laughs> uh, I apologize to Marquise Chris, to Trey Burks, to. Boban Marjanovic and to the future 26th overall pick. <laughs> but um, you guys are not on the level of Christian Wood. And I am absolutely baffled at what um, the Houston GM was trying to do there. 
But with that being said, coming out of the West, if everybody's healthy, again, like I said, not guarantee. Uh, the Clippers, I think, have, like Matt said, they have the best lineup. Um, I mean, they bring in, they traded for Norman Powell and Robert Covington, two great defenders, more length, um, can shoot the ball. You get Kawhi back, hopefully, next year. Paul George healthy. Um, they're going to be on the level of defense that Boston has, I believe. And then you add in the offensive presence with Kawhi, Paul George, Reggie Jackson's good shooter. Um, and then you add in just their sh- the other shooters they have in Norman Powell, you know, Robert Covington, Zubac isn't that bad as a center either, can kind of be a good paint, paint presence. Um, Marcus Morris, don't want to forget him. Um, you got Trey Mann. Or Terrence Mann, sorry. Terrence Mann. Um, and then coming out of the East, uh, I think the East is a little bit tougher. I think the East has gotten a lot better this this past couple of years. Um, a healthy team in the East. Uh, I'm not six years. I, I just don't know what's going on with James Harden. Um a healthy team out of the East. God, that's tough. So many great teams in the East. Um, I think Boston has a really good chance of duplicating what they just did. Um, but I, I am leaning a little towards Miami because I do, I do feel like Miami will make a trade and will get somebody like Donovan Mitchell maybe in the future. So if they can get a player like that, I think that really tilts Miami uh, to possibly win in the East. Um, but I do have, if it does come to a finals, I do have an early prediction of the Clippers beating Miami Heat. Um, but with that being concluded, um, great season. A uh, lot of great talent for all of us to keep an eye out for in the next couple of years. We will have some podcasts coming out in the future. Um, stay tuned for the draft, which is on the 23rd of this month. Um, we will have another mock draft coming out. Um, some more episodes, um, going off of, I think we'll do an episode pretty much of every team and kind of go through their path of how they could win a championship in the next couple of years, five years, 10 years, um, and kind of go through that. Um, so stay tuned for more of our, our podcasts that are going to come out, um, and stay tuned for your teams. Um, until next time guys, um, you know, shout out to the Warriors for finishing off the Celtics and capturing their fourth championship in eight years. Uh, till then peace guys. Back to you fuckers. (laughs) Peace. Peace. Peace.